0: Ballot measure 26214, the universal preschool measure, would provide tuition free pre K to every child in Multnomah County by 2030, but it's not free. Here, in a conference call to discuss that measure crammed together, are members of the coalition City Commissioner Jessica Vega Peterson and Sahar Maranovich. Thank you so much for joining us, Sahar. Welcome to you. Thank you.
1: Very happy
2: to be here.
0: And Commissioner Vega Peterson, good morning to you.
2: Good morning, Jefferson. Good
0: to be here. The measure started as two different campaigns to get universal pre-K on the ballot. Sahar, let's start with you. How did you end up coming together on the current measure that's headed to voters?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, as you mentioned, we started off with two different campaigns, namely universal preschool now, as well as preschool for all. And both campaigns really have long shared a goal to provide high-quality, tuition-free preschool for every three and four-year-old. And we were having the same conversations and doing very similar work at the same time, one coming mainly from the county and the other um, through some labor-related organizations. Our Preschool for All campaign really brought together a lot of our nonprofits as well as our black and brown families and the parent accountability council and we had the universal preschool now coalition which I was one of the first uh, the one of the chief petitioners for uh, centering on working families and labor as well as our childcare and preschool workers and so the Goal of both the campaigns was very much the same. Just about how we get there, and conversations were happening the entire time with both campaigns. Uh, the Universal Preschool Now campaign had about over five hundred people um, going through the ballot initiative uh, process in order to get this measure on the ballot, and we got a whole lot of signatures—about thirty-two thousand—in four weeks to accomplish that goal. With our volunteers and at the same time, uh, preschool for all was really um, bringing their plan together and into its final details and we were able to really come together for those main Goals that we really had high quality tuition free preschool, prioritizing those with least access first, but making sure that it is universal and really making sure that our preschool workers are being paid a living wage. And we're looking at this from various angles, not just for the children, but as well for our families and community as a whole, and what as well as um, the workers.
0: Commissioner Vega Peterson. What were the key differences you saw them, and what was the breakthrough that helped you end up joining forces?
2: As um, as Zahar has said, we you know we've been having conversations o- o- almost the entire way um, as we were really looking at what each of the you know each of our groups and coalitions were, were trying to accomplish, and there were so many um, areas where we had um, obviously similar values, but also similar policies on. Um, what you know what preschool for all what universal preschool would look like and um, so we had a lot of discussions ultimately there were only like a few um, areas of um, of differences and when we were really and we were really motivated to to make sure that there was only going to be one measure for preschool on the ballot in the fall we didn't we you know it's pretty exciting that there were so much enthusiasm and support for for universal preschool that there were two separate efforts really working hard to get it there. So we, we did we wanted all the efforts to be positive for preschool that we were doing. Um, so we figured, you know, we talked about what the what the you know final differences were. Um, one of those was getting to universal with a single vote. So and that was something that universal preschool now had as a part of their, um, you know, as their plan from the beginning for preschool for all we were really looking at ensuring access to the kids with um, and the kids and families with the least access to preschool today and making sure that we were um, you know setting up a revenue mechanism that would would get access to them but you know in the discussions that was a really key point for universal preschool now and it was also um, you know something that was important to some of my colleagues on the county commission as I was asking them to refer this to the ballot to do that so we were able to um, to change the revenue mechanism to have a bump in 2026 to make sure that we would get to full universal in one vote. That was one thing. And then the other thing was um, there was slight differences. So we, both of us, you know, for both of our organizations, really making sure that that the, the teachers of our children in preschool were going to have a living wage that, wage, that we were going to have these great teachers that are able to um, come into the field, to stay into the field, to get the development, um, that, you know, the professional development that they needed to really thrive in the field um, and to do that, you know, with a living wage. So from the beginning, we both had um, that, that preschool um, classroom teachers would have um, salaries on par with kindergarten teachers. Um, we had a slight difference in the classroom assistance and what that, um, how those wages would be calculated and what that, you know, kind of, um, uh, threshold would be. And so we did some tweaking of the preschool for all proposal to make sure that we were having something that would be, um, would was aligned with universal preschool now, but also um, you know brought in, that kept in our factor of that it would continue to grow as, uh, you know, with CPI um, as, you know, as the years went on for those assistance too. So those were the two, um, the two major differences. Um, and really when I explain them, it doesn't really seem that major, but those are the two things that we were negotiating on.
0: Uh, so Har, our- when you look at the when you look at the measure and you hear potential opposition to the measure, and right now it is ahead. I think in the most recent poll I saw by like a 17 point margin. So unless there's a significant change or unless that poll is a pile of garbage, you're on the way to passing this thing. The counter argument uh, tends to be around the funding mechanism and maybe not this precise, not even the precision of it, or that's any lack of precision, but just it's kind of a lot of money. It's going to cost some people a lot of money. Explain the funding mechanism.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for um, bringing this up. Um, And I think it's important that we make sure that folks really understand the funding mechanism when it comes to this. Um, This is a progressive marginal income tax. And so uh, for starters, it's important to realize that it is a marginal income tax. And so this is going on whatever is the gross income after deductions, whatever is taxable, any amount over 125000 for individuals or 200000 for joint filers, um, as well as then it goes up those brackets. But what is made over that will get that marginal tax onto it. And so you know, I can't give you the exact numbers of how many folks this affects, but really studying the numbers and running the numbers, for the most part, this will be uh, increasing uh, marginal tax on approximately our top 0.8% of individuals. And, you know, in Multnomah County, we have staggering rates of inequality. We have um, a lot of wealth and growth taking place but a lot of folks are not seeing that our median income in the county I believe is around thirty seven thousand dollars and obviously those folks will not be paying a dime um, for this and so we wanted to make sure that this is equitably funded and so it is um, a progressive marginal income tax and so as income levels grow um, this is Um, being able to be sustainably funded Um, and I apologize I said 0.8 percent I meant the top eight (laughs) percent I apologize about that but for the most part 92 percent of our taxpayers will not be paying for this and we wanted to make sure that that's the case especially right now we're seeing with the pandemic that Folks are really feeling economic uh, disparity and are really feeling exasperated by things. And we wanted to make sure that those are able to, as time goes on, are the ones paying for this.
0: Commissioner, is it, wait, was it $200,000? That's the threshold. I was talking to a friend of mine who's, uh, you know, makes a pretty pretty good size of money, amount amount of money a year, forgive me and he and he said listen if this gets passed he's not a he's, he's no trump supporter to be clear so if this gets passed i i think i might move across the city boundary and move over to Lake Oswego and and he wasn't campaigning he wouldn't want me to say his name he wasn't trying to persuade anybody he was just saying as a matter of factly you know it might not this might not be worth it for him what is your message to that higher income portlander or do you have a concern that they might not all be listening at this moment and that some will just vote with their feet?
2: You know, I think that that's been, you know, kind of a, a, a threat that we've heard about um, here in Oregon for a long time, right? You know, with the income taxes that we that we already have in here, especially being um, across the river from Washington State, which doesn't have an income tax, right? Um, I think that what... The, you know, what the important thing is to remember is there are benefits for quality preschool for our children that benefit the entire community and have really long-term impacts. We have, we know, you know, this is a game changer for kids and families um, in, in how the kids are able to come into kindergarten, you know, with the social, emotional, academic skills they need to, to succeed there. Um, but it also, you know, all of the things that we talk about that people are, you know, we have media reports about the graduation rates in Oregon being too low and, um, you know, how our, our average salaries, you know, are below, you know, Washington State, for instance. These are things that, that quality early education has a direct impact for. Um, and having this kind of investment in Multnomah County is going to, you know, have those long-term impacts for all of us. Um, I also think that, you know, we have to recognize that, as Sahar was saying, you know, one of the big pieces about this is, is making sure that um, we have a workforce in, the, in um, the preschool for all classrooms that are earning living wages that's going to really help um, those providers who are mainly women and disproportionately women of color to have, you know, their, um, the living wage that they need to be able to stay in a profession that they love. Um, to attract more people into the, you know, into the field of preschool because we need more classrooms. And, um, and it also allows, um, universal preschool also allows a higher participation in the workforce for women. So there's a study that was done in Washington, D.C. after it implemented universal preschool that saw a 10% increase in women's participation in the workforce. Um, and so all of these things are, are things that um, have a positive impact on us. It has a positive impact on businesses that are based in Multnomah County and the workforce in Multnomah County. Um, and that's what I think is really important to focus on. And as Sahar was saying, you know, this is a, a marginal income tax rate, right? So this is only, um, as we're looking at the impacts of COVID across our economy, as we're looking at and realizing that Multnomah County has the biggest wealth disparity in our state, um, you know, this is something that people are doing well, who are doing well, you know, they're they're going to be asked to pay a marginal tax um, that's really going to benefit them and all of us in the long run.
0: Sahar, when you, anything you want to add about the counter argument to the thing and any risk, do you think, and yeah, we have heard it, right? I remember, you know, colleagues of, of I'm sure, Jessica, you heard it in the legislature. Yeah, I certainly have heard it for years. Uh, if we do blank, you know, folks will hop over. At some point, though, there might be a tipping point. There might be people who choose suburbs. Uh, Do you think it's maybe it's good news that wealthier people don't live inside the city because maybe that'll reduce property values a little bit and make housing more affordable? Or do you think that's just not even a factor at all that people should be concerned about?
1: Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I would not know exactly how that would go. I mean, it's not really a factor, Um, that I am considering as Commissioner Vega-Peterson said, you know, this is um, really a great um, measure in order to try and even out um, the disparities that are there for both our workers, both our families. And one thing I just want to point out is, you know, I myself, I don't have children. I don't uh, plan on having children. um, But measures like this really impact society as a whole. And so somebody like me and others like me should care about this. When we invest in our children at such a uh, young age and try to even the playing field at that young age, because studies show that children do a lot better in universal programs, not creating those discrepancies at a young age, they end up becoming um, adults that do better. We have higher graduation rates, Um, It has a ripple effect on society as a whole. This is a systemic investment in our communities of color in order to try and start to even the playing field for many, many inequities that exist in our system. And so it's not just for the children. It really creates such opportunities for those families that are then able to continue their work. Continue to build their careers, and also just society as a whole. As those kiddos grow up, and we have been addressing some of these inequities at such a young age, so this is a huge investment into community and society as a whole. And we're just going to see the positive ripple effect for many years to come.
0: I wanted to. I'm glad you covered the universality and the desire to avoid and the rationale to avoid creating lines of demarcation early in life and making sure there's not either positive or negative stigma or signal over a particular program. Uh, feel free to offer more thoughts about that. But I want you're the vice chair of the David Douglas School Board. Uh, how have you seen the impact of pre, pre, uh, pre-K pre ex, uh, education, excuse me, uh, as you've watched education from your perch at David Douglas
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, pre-K makes um, a huge difference for our children. You know, we sometimes think that uh, pre-K may just be um, babysitting or childcare. Some folks don't realize that you know that zero to five uh, year age is where our kiddos' brains are really developing more than they ever will in their lives, And it's a really important time. And we are having um, our, a lot of times young and as Commissioner Vega Peterson said, women and uh, disproportionately women of color that are raising the next generation of people um, doing this work. And it is, it makes a huge difference for our kiddos. Right now, um, not all of our kids have the ability to attend preschool. And so as I mentioned, it creates those discrepancies. A lot of times, folks that are able to uh, afford it um, are able to get additional services and programs for their kids. And we wanna make sure that we're evening that playing field so that all our kids have that um, for themselves. So it makes a huge difference for our kids, and I know many, many school board members are extremely excited about this measure, so that we are really just creating something that works for all of our families, and I want to point out that also, you know, we're not creating a rigid, mandatory system, this is meeting our families and communities where they're at, there are options for whole year, school year, half day, full day culturally competent um, and all these things to make sure that we are uh, meeting all the various communities that live in our county where they're at. Uh,
0: Commissioner, I was trying to do some research on the data on the subject, on the benefits and or maybe lack of benefits or maybe even costs of universal preschool. And I found an old article in The Atlantic and the, uh, the headline sounded for somebody trying to drop controversy sounded sort of promising with well, the argument was the headline is uh, the case against universal preschool and then it says some experts say no but when I read the article it really only I could only find two people one who said from the Cato Institute that they couldn't find any data that they really found persuasive that proved preschool was uh, was such a great idea and the other that said well that's beside the point the real question is can we afford it uh, is there really good and clear data on this subject and what what is that data you want to make sure people understand
2: yeah there is definitely good data um and really decades of data and research that that proves the benefits of um of quality preschool experiences for children and the one that i think is is the most well known and and has really the most longevity is um the perry preschool study so perry preschool was a quality preschool program that was um, put in effect in um, 40 years ago. And and this is um, one of the long, I mean, it is the longest term preschool um, study in the country. And they really looked at the impact that quality preschool had on the, on the cohort of children that went through the program, um, you know, back in the, back in the seventies and early, eighties well, really. And, um, and what those, what the impact had on those children throughout their lives. And they, there was marked Differences for those children compared to, you know, children who didn't go through that same experience. Um, it was, you know, things like improving their IQ level, um, high school graduation rate improvement, um, better economic out- outcomes and um, and income rates for those children, and um, there was there was negative impacts on people's, you know. Um, association with our the, the public safety and criminal justice system right so there were there were it increased the positives and and decreased the negative impacts for a lot of for a lot of these children and the really fascinating thing that just came out a couple of years ago in the study is that they, they then looked at not just this, this cohort of children but their children and they found positive positive benefits of quality education, their experience that they had, even for their children. So multi-generational positive impacts of, of early education, quality early education. Um, and that's something pretty astounding. And it's something that we've um, seen, I mean, you know, I would, I would point to a recent study by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Foundation, right, not the most like progressive organization that you can think about in the world. Um, and they really talked about the return on investment of um, when, you, when you put dollars into uh, preschool that, you know, communities can see, for every dollar invested in preschool, you can see a $16 return on investment for communities because of the positive impacts of preschool. So there's a lot of other studies um, that, you know, that you can point to, but I think those are those two that are really impactful.
0: We're about to wrap. One thing from each of you on what you're going to be looking for. Let's say that the polls are correct, that you're on the way to winning and that this is about to be passed into law. Implementation will be a thing. Making sure this actually does reach children in the best possible way, that there's that this is a model program for other places, that you maximize the benefit, and maximize the leverage on the investment being made. What's one thing in particular in our last moments that you're going to be watching for, Sahar? I mean, first and foremost,
1: I'm going to be watching that folks submit those ballots in making sure that folks are voting. Um, We had hundreds and hundreds of great conversations with voters um, this summer in regards to this measure and our community is ready. Our community is really eager. So I just really want to see this pass, so that we are providing this um, extremely important anti-poverty measure um, for our county here. And um, just making sure that Uh, You know, we looked at different places and we've really taken our time, two different coalitions coming together, over 200 organizations and groups supporting this to make sure that we implement it in a way that our providers currently in place are not falling through the cracks we are capacity building, skill building, and making sure that we're moving everybody forward. So just taking our time with it and knowing that, you know, this has been in the works for many years and we're all just really eager to get to work and make it happen.
0: Commissioner, we got a text in. How's Multnomah County going to measure the results of the program? Maybe that'll be our last word.
2: Yeah, so I'm actually um, really excited because I'm having a, an update meeting later today um, from the Multnomah County team at the Department of County Human Services who are working on the implementation, you know, should this pass. And, and so I'm very excited to hear all the work that they've been up to. Um, you know, I, I'm most excited about um, living up to the promises that we made to our Parent avi- Advisory Council, who, you know, are the, the brown, black and, and parents of color who, were, who saw this as a way to get their experience and their needs addressed and really making sure that we live up to the promise that we made to them, that we're creating a preschool system that's welcoming and inviting to them. You know, I think that um, we're, Multnomah County, the Department of County Human Services has done a great job getting us um, set up to implement this and are really excited about what this could mean for um, for kids and families and workers in Multnomah County. And um, we're really excited to to have this chance. And, you know, less than one week one week to go till we find out that we can move ahead full steam with this.
0: Commissioner Jessica Vega-Peterson, Sahar Maranovich, thank you so much, both of you, for spending time talking about the Universal Preschool Now Coalition and the measure. Appreciate both of your time.
1: Thanks so much, Jefferson. Thank you so much.